Hey, this is Jason DeVore from Authority Zero, and you're listening to the Sun Solar Panel Podcast. And welcome to the Sun Solar Panel, a Phoenix Sun show. I'm Tim Tompkins. I'm Greg Esposito. Ahoy, hoy. And I am Dave King. And today on the show, we are going to interview Kyle Teige from Canis Hoopus. The Wolves landed the top spot in the NBA draft. Rumors are already swirling about a possible trade package Wolves could offer for, let's say, a Devin Booker. We'll debate if if anything the Wolves could offer would convince the Suns to trade Book. We're going to take a look at the Suns' restricted, unrestricted, and team options heading into next season. We're also debuting a new segment, Flaming Ballers Q&A, and also, should the the Suns sign Aisha? Dave. Tim, how's it going? I'm glad to be here this morning. Do you want to talk Uh, about the Aisha part first? Yeah, I will. Uh, The Aisha Aisha part first. (laughs) Oh, man. I watched that little interview, and... um, uh, you know what? More power to her. If she can handle all that meat, then she can she can do whatever she wants. I guess I don't know. It was it was the first time that the Suns had hit uh, seven in a row in a while. Yeah, <laughs> insane. And well, you know what? They finished every one this time, huh? Oh God. Oh, <laughs> you know. I was just thinking. I was just thinking. God bless her. Well, uh, something blessed her. <laughs> all right, enough of that. So let's let's talk about some wolves. Let's get Kyle on. All right. Yes. Um, yeah. So good morning, Kyle Tige. How's it going? Good. It's going well. Thanks for having me. Kyle Tige is here from Canis Hoopus, uh, the Wolves blog with SB Nation. We figured since the Timberwolves got the number one overall pick in the NBA draft, we would do our best to try to talk him into trading that pick <laughs> to us for Devin Booker. So this next hour is going to be spent trying to convince Kyle to give up that number one pick um to get our guy who's uh who's only a um uh looter in a riot i think is the description for <laughs> devin booker do you have any interest in devin booker at all kyle yes so again appreciate you guys having me on i uh <laughs> i want to so i kind of wanted to start i was talking to the guys before we got live but uh as a Minnesota Timberwolves fan, we've been bad for like we've been good for like four weeks since I've in my 31 years. So um usually teams are coming after us trying to poach our stars and making up rumors and all this stuff. So I'm actually like uncomfortable. Like I've had so much fun watching the Suns all summer and going eight no in the bubble. So like I prefer that you keep Devin Booker and we'll do our thing and we could like, you know, instead of watching the same two teams, the Clippers and the Lakers every year yeah. make the, make the playoffs make a run um it'd be cool like if we could talk about this stuff like because we're going to the western conference finals because you're good and we're good um that'd but, be great actually we could we could do the um uh, wolf kings yeah uh, mix you know yeah just that'd be great teams. yeah so i damn mean it, damn it dave we asked you to find a wolves fan that wanted to pitch us really bad booker trades and you found the <laughs> one guy that's rational i'm just trying to <laughs> yeah i just want us to both be good like i'm tired of the same teams every year so um yeah, I don't know. Like we 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 uh we had a guy Jack Borman who wrote a really good piece about Booker, and this was pre bubble, so yeah, kind of at that one point. This was also pre lottery. It was but, one of the better pieces written about Booker by somebody outside the Phoenix area. Actually. Yeah, so it was it just talked really about how, good how how good Booker is. I mean, you guys know everyone watching this knows how good Booker is. Um, so yeah, now we have this extra asset, but then it's kind of like it continues. The pendulum goes back and forth, but now you guys are good. Like you guys are fun. I can't think of three teams off the top that are more exciting 
that have as many young players. Um, so it'll be tough. I think the only way that this actually works uh, is if Booker wants out and just says, hey, the town's Russell Booker connection. Um, but in terms of trade packages, I could throw some stuff at you, but you're going to laugh. Like, you're not going to want it. So, man, yeah, this is. <laughs> can, can we interest you? Can, can we interest you in uh, a uh, a Tyler Johnson and the tenth pick for uh, for Cat for Carl Anthony Towns? Can we interest you in <laughs> no, that? Wait, Tyler, Tyler Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, we we don't have Jerome. Ty Jerome. Somebody we actually have. Well, we can, we can re-sign Tyler Johnson. Greg has and never looked him. at the roster. He's never even watched a game. <laughs> yeah, that's how this works. I have. I don't know shit about the Suns. I'm sorry, Kyle. <laughs> so all right. Let's reset this back to the back to the the state it was supposed to start at because I think I threw us off and then Kyle really threw us off. So let's go back <laughs> to the very beginning here. the the De- The Suns have Devin Booker. Devin Booker proved himself as a winner, as a guy who can play winning basketball for a winning team in an environment that ne- you need to fight to win. Not in March when nobody's all the good teams aren't trying to win; they're just trying to stay healthy for the playoffs. That happened in the last couple of games in the bubble for every team like that, um, and that's why the Suns actually didn't make it to the uh, to the playoffs is because the other teams as well started resting against um, the uh, Grizzlies to give them their one win that they needed, and then um, or two wins that they needed actually, and then uh, the Trailblazers as well. So let's just set that aside. Let's say Devin Booker, really good player, everybody wants him. The Timberwolves have two of his best friends on their team in Carl Anthony Towns and in D'Angelo Russell. The three of them have always wanted to play together, although I never heard Devin actually say those words, but the other two have a lot. And um, they, it would be fun. Uh, you can imagine Minnesota a couple of days a year is really good weather. And you can imagine <laughs> that they would have a good time on it. I don't know if they have. Yeah, that's a. Lounge of a thousand lakes, so there are boats out there that they could, you know, um, hang out with their babes. And I'm sure uh, Kendall Jenner would 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 go up there anytime they want her to. Um, well, yeah, there's it's always bikini weather in Minnesota, you know. That's yeah, so yeah. Listen, listen. So, we're, we're gonna offer Aisha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll We've already got Jordan Woods, so we got plenty of issues to deal with. Actually, actually, Kyle just made the made the actual face that Aisha would have to use. Oh God! Uh, <laughs> Can we not go down this road? Really? Like, like we've gone off the off the rails two seconds into the show this week. Congratulations, gentlemen! By the way, yeah, Jim, so Jim Rose tell- uh, in the chat wants to know: Will you take Frank Kaminsky and uh, what we belovingly call Kaminsky Cove, where his fans hang out for uh, uh, for the number one pick? Can we make that happen? We, with you? we could use a stretch four, but any deal that we're going to talk about, you're going to have to send us Rubio because as much as you may love him, he's got to come back home. So. I'm not sure. Does oh, it do? Love, oh man, does, we does actually Minnesota are in love want- with Rubio. We think he's great. Do they want Rubio back? Um, or did the fans I mean, want Minnesota fans just want like the the players they love. That's why we're still sad about Tyus Jones, even though like we found mm-hmm. competent point guards that are a tenth of the cost. So I always just struggle. Sometimes certain Wolves fans don't ever want to be good. They just want to have you know their five stuffed animal players around them and just. Uh- be happy with that at 25. Well, you know what? When you're when you're out of the playoffs as long as our two franchises have been, and you and you dipped your foot in the playoffs one year, so you broke your streak. But it's been 
it's been a just about as long for you guys as it's been for the Suns. Um, you gotta, you've got to wrap your hands around. I mean, we've got a lot of guys we want to wrap our arms around. Some who've never even been in Phoenix for a day in their life. <laughs> we wrap our arms around and and uh, and and want to take them to bed. So I totally I get what you're saying. Kyle. <laughs> hey, I, I do have a couple of questions though uh, for Kyle. So. But, it, you know, we kind of talked about this before the show. Uh, my best friend is a Timberwolves fan, and I'm just so oh, happy, right. so happy for you guys. Uh, my my uh, team away from home team. I, I think it's ecstatic. Uh, but specifically, the last time that the Wolves picked right before the Warriors, history did not exactly shine brightly on that decision. And I'm just wondering if you're worried at all that that might happen uh, again. You know, are, are you worried about that, that uh, having another Flynn type pick. Yes. As a Wolves fan, I'm always worried about everything. So I'm definitely <laughs> worried. Like that's how sad this is, is that as the lottery is going on and I'm screaming at my TV, as we get closer and you're like, Oh, we're going to win this. You're also just, you come down with like, Oh, how are we going to mess this up? So <laughs> it, it obviously a scary thing. And of course it's very Wolvesy to win a lottery that might be known as the worst lottery of the decade. Um, but when you don't have as many assets as we do, um, we just we needed anything. So we'll we'll take what we can get. There's so many ways it could go sideways. The but, scary uh, thing about this draft, Kyle, is that um, it's almost like going into it, 2013, where somebody's going to end up taking the Anthony Bennett player n- number one. I mean, you guys being somebody, I guess, but uh, <laughs> fighting don't. over who to take number one, and it comes down to. Should it be the Alex Len guy who's barely in a rotation for his career or Anthony Bennett who wishes he was Alex Len or, you know, and then not even really consider the guys who end up as the best in the draft. And here, this coming from a Suns fan who was excited to take Alex Len because he was talked about as the number one overall value pick. And none of us really thought about the, all the other dudes who were going to be great, except, I mean, obviously we did Sons didn't have a chance at Vic Oladipo, which you guys did. But then Otto Porter, I was not a fan of either. And so that was just such a tough draft. I remember liking CJ McCollum, but then going, there's no way you can take him in the top five in this draft. He's a 6'2 shooting guard who can't pass very well. And he still is. Uh, but he's a hell of, he's done the very best he possibly can with the tools he has. And I love the guy. I wish I wish he was in Phoenix. Um, but there's so many guys from that draft that you just can't consider at the number one pick. And so you end up taking it, uh, hopefully not the next Anthony Bennett. I mean, do you have, obviously you must have some kind of fears that that'll happen. Yeah. So the two best assets we have is obviously Carl Anthony Towns and then our front office. So after media availability, Gerson Rosas, who's our president talked about that. And he said, you know, the, everyone says this could be the 2013 Anthony Bennett draft. And then he's like, well, that was also the, the Giannis Antetokounmpo draft. Um, no, I'm not saying that that's just yeah. easy. I mean, this draft is obviously never a science. And then you mac, you know, f- mix in a pandemic and there's going to be very little scouting of these guys. Um, so it's a perfect cocktail for disaster. Um, but I, I don't, I mean, we do a lot of draft coverage at our site and I don't really love anyone. You guys probably don't really love anyone, but from an asset standpoint, we don't have our pick next year because we had to attach it to Andrew Wiggins leg to send him out to the Bay. Oh, yeah. Um, so we just need we just need money like we need assets to do stuff um because in my ideal world they don't draft at one i mean they just make it someone else's problems like 
we call up Tibbs in New York and say, hey, you should draft it one. You really would love this LaMelo ball guy. Um, and then we just pick up more assets because that's what we need to build because um, we just we still don't have any wing players. We don't have a lot of depth. We don't have a pick next year. So so I, I, I have a, a question kind of to follow that up. Sorry, Greg. Uh, with the picking going number one and there not being a clear number one in your guys' eyes or, or you know, possibly the, the front office's eyes, um, you know, that number one pick, it's an expensive hit on your on your cap sheet if you if you take it. You know, you're looking at what, 10, 12 million a year, which is a lot for a, a rookie scale. Yeah. And I mean, it's also our president is so big on like these timelines. So we got Carl and, and D'Angelo Russell that are about, I think, 24. So mm. how does a 19 year old making 10 million a year factor into everything? I mean, we're, our cap sheet's already kind of a disaster, too. And we got to figure out the whole Malik Beasley thing for Wolves fans. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's again, that's just another reason why you probably want to move back and you want to try to pick at five. You want to pick at seven. Um, But for Wolves fans, like there's so many iterations of this. Like you're probably not asking me any questions if we're picking seventh, like everyone thought we were going to do. Cause we were like, Oh, how far can we fall back? Let's just add one to that. And that's where we'll pick. <laughs> so we're happy with the pick and we'll take on the onus of we'll let, let us mess this up rather than anyone else mess it up. I really love the fact that, you you guys as Timberwolves fans are basically like our kindred spirits because we've said all those same things when when nice things happen mm -hmm. here in Phoenix as well so you know it, it's nice to to know we're we're not alone in this uh, crazy NBA world that that we uh, that we have somebody else that uh, that thinks the same way we do so. so at this point who do you think should be the first pick um i mean my favorite player is Devin Vassil, um, just because I think he has a has a tr a couple skills that translate over. Um, I think he could be a really good three and D guy. You know, uh, you guys have a couple. Of, I mean, Mikel Bridges and and uh, Ubre are better than that. But like, it, we don't have any of those guys. We have Josh Okogi who can really lock guys up, but he can't really dribble. Um, so I think he'd be good. But do you take a really good three and D guy first overall? No. So if they stick at one. Probably Anthony Edwards because he has the, the best kind of ceiling. Um, I don't want anything to do with LaMelo Ball. I just don't see it. I don't see any of it. I just, he's a That's long dude who takes so bad shots. Crazy to me. I've always, uh, not always, but I have wondered if LaMelo didn't have Ball at the end of his name, if, if he would be more sought after because that kid, uh, to me, he just his passing. Um, I mean, he does take dumb shots, but it's, he just seems like an incredibly talented player who is the obvious number one. If it wasn't for again, ball being so, you're a big fan. Uh, okay, so Tim, you're saying that ball, ball would actually be more popular among draft people if his last name wasn't ball. Yep, is what you're saying, Tim. Mm -hmm. I just like that Kyle just presented in a way that Minnesota could get Devin without taking Devin Booker with, uh, by trading the number Devin one pick. Uh, so I think everybody wins in that, in that uh, situation, Kyle. So congratulations. Yeah, I mean, thanks. I think, like I said, I, I'm not as high as LaMelo, but I, I get it. Like I said, and that's actually a good point. If it's like LaMelo Tyge, maybe he's just the clear cut favorite. Um, but I, there's not a lot of defense there. There is some baggage. Um, and yeah, he is a ball. I mean, but for better or not. And like after what we watched with Lonzo for a couple of weeks in the bubble, who looked like one of the worst point guards in the league. Um, I don't know. I just, you can't hit and miss. I, mean, I, I think the ceiling for him is obviously probably the highest over Edwards, but the floor for LaMelo ball could be like, 
you're everyone's fired in two years. Like we're the we're the Seattle, you know, werewolves in two years if we sell the team and move. So um ideally again, that's how I'm sure you brought me on. Like the Devin Booker thing would be cool. I'm really interested in Ben Simmons because I think again, you guys kind of have like your shit together and like are fun and building and have all this excitement, whereas like Philly yeah. is a complete train wreck. So oh, I think man. Ben Simmons would what be a dumpster fire. Yeah. Oh my god, that cap sheet makes me feel so much better about our caption. <laughs> that Al Horford Well, would sign. you rather? So, yeah, I'm sorry, Tim. Go ahead. No, no, no. That's I was just making a comment. Oh, okay. I was just going to say, um, for the number one pick, okay, so you mentioned who you might take if you guys kept the pick, but who would you – did you say Ben Simmons you would like to trade for him, or he's just it's a disaster situation? I mean, what would you want to do with that number one pick? Ideally, I think you'd – like with this whole, we have this whole rumor about the sale and stuff and possibly relocation. Like our window to win has to be now, even though our two best players are 24 years old. Um, but we, we got it. We, we, I just don't think we can do another 19 year old experiment. So yeah, Booker, Ben Simmons, Bradley Beal, I'm sure we'll call on all of them. I'm sure if you're a fan of those teams, you hate that. And I hate it too. Like people are calling on Conley towns every day for the last six years. So right, that would be <laughs> ideal is to try to get that third star. Um, but again, the, the, any package would probably be, you know, do you want this lottery pick? Um, do you want James Johnson? You know, I, I think James Johnson had a cup of tea in Phoenix. Did he not? James Johnson? I don't think no? so. Okay. We had most of the, the other Johnson cool players James, in these James playoffs. James Johnson is on every, every time you look at like a, a trade package for the Timberwolves, it, it always, always there. every single time, you know, he's like that, that uh, quintessential uh, salary filler. Yep, he's yeah, yeah. His, his his name should just be James Filler, right? Yeah, because <laughs> that's exactly that's what you. Every team has done it though. Miami did it before him, so uh, <laughs> uh, before the Wolves. So yeah, absolutely. He's what, what what trade package could the Timberwolves put together that the Suns would even consider for Devin Booker? Obviously, the number one pick overall, but what else could you add? Because you ain't trading Cat. You're not going to trade D'Lo. Um, what else can you add to that? That Because, you know, Devin Booker, regardless of his talent, I think one thing that a lot of opposing teams forget is Devin Booker is the heart and soul of the Suns. Um, the Suns, the, the fan base would have a hell of a backlash if the Suns ever traded Devin Booker. So the offer would have to be incredible. You tell well, us. I was gonna say, you I, if you haven't heard, we're selling the team. So if you want part of that, <laughs> that would be an option. Um, we're not down. We're not against that. But um, it's actually interesting. You don't want Robert that. Sarver buying part of your team. <laughs> can we? It's actually hold on, Can we swap franchises? Because if we can do that, I'm in. You can have Devin Booker. We'll take Ownership whoever swap. your owner is. You can have Sarver. Done. That. Oh, okay. That might be a deal breaker. But it's, it's an interesting <laughs> question, though. It's a really good one because. Another piece that would probably have to go in there is Jarrett Culver, just because we're talking about younger guys. And it's an interesting thing to flip back to you guys because when the you know when mocks were coming right. out in 2019, like Jarrett Culver was kind of penciled into Phoenix at seven. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm I'm curious to see what you think after I've watched him for a year, broken jump shot, mental issues at the free throw line. But do you still like did you like him in 2019? Do you like him now? Oh, people loved him. Thing in 2019 <laughs> yeah people loved him in 2019 absolutely uh draft nicks son's son's twitter um uh, draft twitter all that thought jared culver was gonna be the shit and he still might be he still might figure it all out but um yeah and he was rumored to be 
uh, kind of a fit for the Suns. Um, I'm happier with Cam Johnson myself, um, but that's uh, but Jared Culver has four years on him, so you know he might have four more of those kind of years in his in his career than Cam Johnson does of his years. That's possible. Um, but I, I, yes, we loved Jared Culver a year ago. So tell us what you think about him a year later. The, the athleticism is still there. Um, the defense is pretty awesome and real to see. Uh, but the jump, I mean, the, the jump shot, they, they started working on fixing his jump shot from day one. Um, cause it had some hitch in it. And so it got progressively worse. I mean, he shot sub 50 from the free throw line, um, which I also think is part mental for him, yeah, but, um, be. But I mean, if you if you can rework that jump shot, there's there's a good, I hate player comparisons, but there's like a good Jimmy Butler build there in terms of how he plays and how he attacks the mid range and how he can handle the ball and he's got like Gumby like arms. So there's a player there, but if you can't shoot, I mean, again, as a Rubio fan for my whole life, like he's turned it around a little bit. But if you can't shoot in today's league, you can't really be on the floor. So he's going to have yeah, to address that real quick. We're excited that Ricky Rubio has turned into like the new Jason kid, by the way. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> where he just, he can hit those catch and shoot threes. And Jason kid actually turned into a pretty good three point shooter toward the end of his career. And he helped win a championship. I'm not saying that'll happen in Phoenix. I'm just saying kudos to Ricky. And he also doesn't blow layups all the time anymore either. He actually makes <laughs> almost every layup he puts up. It's dry heat. It definitely helps. <laughs> it's, yeah, it didn't slip I mean, out of his hands. I, I think do think that's a really great point, though, Dave, because that was one of the issues with Rubio really his entire time with the Timberwolves was it wasn't even so much that he couldn't shoot. It was that he also just couldn't uh, hit a layup. And, you know, honestly, hitting layups, yeah. uh, practicing hitting a layup, uh, a contested layup is a lot harder in practice than it is taking jump shots. So it's been incredible to see that. Uh, and he's also he fires a lot. Um, He's, he's a lot more willing to shoot in Phoenix than he was with the Wolves. Yeah, um, Rick Johnson made a comment in our chat that Mikel Bridges couldn't shoot until the end of his rookie year. But Mikel didn't come in with a bad shot. Mikel came in with a good shot and then tinkered with it on his own and messed it up. And then um, he had to get straightened back out. Mikel was actually a very good shooter in college, uh, whereas Culver still has to figure out shooting in the first place. And got, um, I just look, I'm not going to I'm not going to wish ill. I think he's I hope he turns out to be really good uh, for the Timberwolves. And I don't care that he wasn't taken by the Suns. And I don't care if we want to. He's one of the teddy bears people want to go to bed with. Um, he's he is one of the guys that people still to this. Well, if he had played better as a rookie, people would be harping on him still. Uh, luckily, Cam Johnson ended up playing very well and people forgot about that pick. But yeah, Jared Culver was uh, a dude that. Suns fans wanted so give us your best so you, you, you the the trade would have to include a Jared Culver tell me tell us what you think would be the good parameters of a trade for a player at the level of Devin Booker how about that it would have it obviously has to be the first pick um so like yeah. I said what, whatever your cup of tea is again and maybe you flip it but let's say it's Anthony Edwards because he's kind of everyone's darling at the top so Anthony Edwards James Johnson's 19 million dollars Jared Culver and then I know at least, I mean, I'm not delusional how good Devin Booker is. So then it's got to be one of those kind of OKC Clipper things where we're just then giving you like every pick other swap. year pick swaps. Um, or maybe I don't like, I don't know how exactly how this works, but maybe like hey, 2023. Man. That's how the Celtics got Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown. And like, that would have to be it. Like if Booker, mm -hmm. again, Booker seems so happy. So I'm happy for you guys. But if he's like, I do want to leave, that's probably the only way we could even get 
a price that you would take, but in just general, the wolf that, and that's what I tried to explain to Wolves fans. Like in just general, if every team called Phoenix, the Wolves just because they have the first overall pick, they still don't have the the assets that like an OKC has, or like you know maybe Philly calls you and like, hey, we just want to give you Ben Simmons for Booker, or we just want to f- flip it up or something. So, um, I do understand the value, the limited value of this first overall pick, but it would have to be a couple young players, the salary to match this pick, and then I guess you'd have us over a barrel in terms of how many more future swaps do you want well, to go? The question, go is, to- the question is at some point, will Devin Booker put the Suns over a barrel um, right now? He hasn't been, and he's as he look, if he wasn't going to ask for a trade yet, he's not going to ask for one this off season because the Suns did just go eight. No, in the, in, at the end of the season, they, they won their uh, almost twice as many games as they did the year before on pace to, and uh, Booker just wants to make the playoffs, and the Suns came closest to the playoffs. So if he's going to bang the drum for a trade, it's it would only be if they fall on their face next year, I think, or the year after. Um, and I keep equating it to, in here, I keep equating it to Anthony Davis. Um, he waited seven years before he um, said, no, I can't do this anymore. I can't be. And he got into the first round of the playoffs, but never beyond. So Booker would have to. It, Booker would basically be two years before Booker asked for a trade. I think um, it's not going to be this off season, and that would be the only time the Suns would have to accept a lesser deal with a ton of draft picks in it. I think. Yeah, it would have to. Like you said it would just the only way that we become dancing partners is if he wants out and he wants to go to Minnesota. But if if it's just a general, I mean, I don't know why you guys would blow up what you have, but just hypothetical, like if you blew it up and you just wanted as many picks and young guys as possible, I mean. Minnesota can't even really kind of satisfy you there as well. But, 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 and again, too, it comes down to if you had, you know, James Jones fell in love with a guy and I was like, okay, Booker wants out and we think LaMelo Ball is the future, then maybe. But, um, it would just, you would have to, we'd have to throw in, like I said, young players, the pick, and then probably four years of pick swaps. Yeah. And just hope that this thing doesn't go south really fast. As we learned, hey, as we learned this week, satisfying the Suns apparently doesn't take that much. So, (laughs) Uh, seven pick swaps, consistency, man, (laughs) all in a row, though. Swaps, (laughs) yeah. Oh my, pick swaps. Oh, that's going deep. Okay, so um, to answer MT's question, can you offer first round picks for the next ten years? There is a rule: you have to, you cannot offer your pick ten straight years. However, what teams did in that Boston Celtics trade, and I think probably you're talking about the Clips uh, Thunder trade, is you can do swaps every other year. So what you can do, and what the Nets did for the Celtics, is they they give their pick to the team one year, and then they'd offer a swap at the team at the receiving team's discretion the second year, and then give the pick, and then swap, and then give the pick, and then swap. And so it ended up Boston getting either a free first round pick or a higher first round pick every year for, uh, I think it was five years. And that is what got them Jalen Brown and um, uh, Jason Tatum um, one pick ahead of the Suns each of those two years. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Yeah. I, I I understand what you're saying. Um, We'd only do the Devin Booker for picks thing. If it became desperate in this off season, it just doesn't have to be happen to be desperate. I wish you guys, I hope you guys have good luck in getting um, something for that number one pick. If I was you guys, I would want to trade for a Bradley Beal type. I would want to trade for a distressed Ben Simmons. I would not want to trade for a distressed Al Horford. Please don't do that. Or Tobias Harris, 
if you guys are smart, stay away from those two. But um, Ben Simmons would be interesting in a different environment if you can give him shooting. Um, and D'Lo can shoot. Um, and Carl Anthony Towns can shoot the hell out of the ball. So it would be really interesting to actually see a Ben Simmons. And that's what I was kind of getting at earlier on that team because you really need the distributor and then other guys just to take those shots. And I think that would be fun to watch potentially. And you've also got um, Malik Beasley who you're probably going to bring back. I don't think anyone's going anywhere this offseason because of the uncertainty of the cap. So you'll probably bring him back too. Um, that could be fun to see. What do you think of Ben Simmons? I really like, I mean, I really like Ben Simmons. And I just think at some point Philly's going to have to pick one or the other with him or Embiid. Um, the, and the Tobias contract is the new Andrew Wiggins contract, basically. So we're we're good. Like we've had enough of that. <laughs> so, uh, I, yeah, I think, and I think he'd be a better fit. I mean, Devin Booker, like, again, I don't even want to take him cause you guys love him, but, um, I don't know if Philly really loves Ben Simmons. They're really a, an Embiid city. Um, and I think he could be, a he could just pivot to this weird point guard power forward next to towns. He can't shoot, but the wolves would have plenty of shooting around him. So, um, and he would, the one thing that, I mean, Booker is like an elite, just scorching scorer, but we, have a lot of scoring and we have zero defense. We're like the worst defense in the league. So having Ben Simmons is probably a better fit for us anyway, because he could yeah. tear up so many of the things. I mean, we don't stop the ball with our point guard. We don't stop the ball with our center. So like having someone out there to provide some resistance would be ideal. Um, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just, just going to say, thanks so much for, Stopping by, talking some yeah. wolves with us. Uh, I think the verdict is in, and you will not be getting Devin Booker, no matter what poop ladder <laughs> you send uh, <laughs> you send our way to James Jones. But we uh, we do appreciate it, and as kindred spirits here uh, in NBA circles, we wish you guys the best. Uh, if there is a Luca to be taken, take him because uh, <laughs> you don't want to be uh, having to deal with a torn fan base like we have to uh, here in Phoenix. Oh so. man. Well, I appreciate you guys. You guys are awesome. So thanks for having me on. And like I said, good luck with your pick and good luck this offseason. Well, All right. We'll have thank you, you very much. Uh, we'll have you back on when the Suns acquire D'Lo and Cat. Have a good one, man. Peace, guys. <laughs> uh, man, I tell you what. So I, I said it before on the show, but my, my best friend, he's a, he's a Timberwolves fan, and he's always given me a hard time about the, uh, the, the Timberwolves trying to get Devin Booker. And so I sent him a, a text the night of the lottery. And I said, hey, congratulations on, on your number one pick. Uh, and the first thing he said was, we're coming after Booker. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> Gives me a hard time. They aren't, they aren't going to get him, though. They aren't gonna no, it him. is funny. There was a tweet I saw. Um, I, I don't know who, who wrote it, but it's like, dude, the Suns have been nipping at the heels for Cat for six years. Least you can do is give us three days of nipping for Booker. <laughs> That's fair. That's I hadn't fair. thought of it that way, but yeah, yeah. I remove my, if you're a Wolves fan, don't send me your stupid trades because uh, so many Suns fans said stupid trades your way. So the moratorium has been lifted. I, I understand now. <laughs> so uh, we have a new segment that, uh, you know, actually, before we get to it, I, I just want to point out um, a tweet that Gerald Bourget tweeted out, not to be repetitive. Uh, and he said this, he said, as a reminder, Sun's recent top draft picks. So, um, you know, within the within the top 10, Josh Jackson, at number four, Dragon Bender at number four, Marquise Chris at number eight, and Alex Lynn at number five. The Sun's recent picks, 10 through 15, Cam Bridges, 
or Cam Johnson, excuse me. Cam Johnson at number <laughs> 11. <laughs> uh, Mikhail Bridges at number 10. Devin Booker at number 13. And TJ Warren at number 14. But, but look, so if you take. Not- it's not just then too. If you go back in Suns history, they're much more successful in that range. I mean, Amari was nine, Marion was nine. Like it, it in that nine yeah. to fifteen range is is the sweet spot. Suns Suns screwed up top uh, top eight picks uh, in numerous years. I mean, Armin Gilliam. There's also Armin Gilliam and, years and ago. All, yeah, all and we don't even. I, I do appreciate Gerald after days of. Days of, 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 uh, you know, the, sorry, the fan base being split on that 2018 number one pick, um, that he just politely declined to mention DeAndre Ayton among the top draft picks versus mid. Well, DeAndre Ayton isn't trash. And I I don't want to get into the, the Luca. No, I just want to thank Gerald for not using that, giving people a a reason to jump off that. I did notice it and I'm like, oh, it's okay to leave it out. Um, uh, Deion, he was trying to show the picks that failed top picks that failed versus lottery picks or, or late lottery picks that succeeded. And he's right because Yandre Ayton hasn't failed, but we don't, we, we, we talk about that all the time. Deandre Ayton is a very good player. There just were, uh, was a better player in that draft. That's all there hey, is to it. I want to ask you guys a question though. And I, I always think of this and, and forget to put it in the show notes and ask you guys on the show. If you had to extend DeAndre Ayton's contract right now, how much would he get if you were the GM? Oh, he would get the max. Yeah, I mean, if if you I'm would, not you worried about my cap, I yeah. max him. Yeah, he would the get the max. There. I mean, even if you're even if you are worried about your cap, here's the thing: uh, DeAndre Ayton is actually was a big reason the Suns played such good defense in the bubble. We 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 all want to forget about that. One guy tweeted last night uh, about Paul George. Paul George uh, has been maligned like crazy because he shot three for sixteen last night. But the Clippers won, and Paul George played. Paul George played really good defense, and he also had seven assists and nine rebounds. Or one was seven and one was nine. Really good game overall, but he couldn't shoot straight, and so he got maligned like crazy, saying, "What happened to playoff P?" You know, and Charles. You know, Charles. Barkley had a really good segment on, on TNT. They don't call me Championship Charles, so why are we calling him Playoff Pete? You know, so, um, so that was that was really, that was a lot of angst around Paul George, but he played really good defense, but nobody notices. And and somebody tweeted, one of the national guys tweeted, you know what, a guy goes three for sixteen and and, and plays good D, and no one notices. What if the same same guy? goes nine for 18, but plays no defense. How would he be talked about? Well, he'd probably be talked about as an all-star who helped them win the game. And, and, and he gave up more points on D than he scored. That's how we do. That's how we watch the big game of basketball. We watch the ball. We watch when it goes in the hoop and we go watch when it gets rebounded into people's hands. And I say all this because I just want to say DeAndre Aiden was similar. And then he played a very, very good D. Uh, defense in that bubble. And he was a huge reason the Suns were able to play well in the bubble. Um, I don't, and people are saying he was a seventh or eighth best, most impactful player. Well, you're again, you're looking at raw stats and DeAndre Ayton is not somebody who goes out there on, on a fairly uh, rolled ankle to get one more assist and one more rebound and then go back out of the game when you're down 17. Sorry. Feeling, uh, 
We'll spice That's it. it That's all that I'm going to say episode. about that. All right. So let's go. Let's go on to the next segment. This is uh, super exciting. I think we've been talking about doing it for a minute. Um, we have a Flaming Ballers private Facebook group in which I am going to put in the link for everybody that's watching right now. So if you're a flaming baller, please go ahead and, and request to join the group. And as part of that, every week on the show, we are going to do a short mailbag section from members of the Flaming Ballers community. I, th I think we have to name it the Flaming Ballers bag, right? It just, Wait, it, what? Flaming never. Ballers bag? Yeah, ball bag, no, nothing. <laughs> sack. Oh, okay. Flaming baller uh, okay, sack. Well, fine. Here, oh, I'll question. edit the graphic. We'll name it the flaming baller sack. And then we're good to go. <laughs> Look at this. Look at this production value on the fly. Hey, you just got I age it really excited. There you go. It's the flaming Jesus. baller sack. Well, All right. So this this first one, <laughs> Greg has some more. This first one comes from Joseph Shook. He says, now that we definitely aren't getting in the top four, can we please stop talking about LaMelo Ball? I don't understand what people see in him. A Westbrook that doesn't play defense. A Ben Simmons who doesn't play defense. A Lonzo that is even a worse sh shooter. Um, you know, I don't agree with all those sentiments. I think he's an incredibly talented player. And again, if his last name weren't Ball, I think a lot more people would be excited about him. So I don't agree with that specific sentiment. Uh, I do think that that last name of Ball is is going to uh, to plague his, at least the beginning of his uh, NBA career. Yeah, I don't disagree with you there, Tim. I think I think you're very much right. If he were, uh, you know, if, if he were LaMelo Tompkins, you're probably uh, a lot more people are probably interested in him. I think also if he had went to college in in America rather than kind of skirting the system and, and doing the uh, the Australia thing, I think that probably changes some opinions as well it was it, he's always and that entire family let's be honest ha, has acted as if they're above uh what it what the average uh player has to go through like somehow they were preordained to be treated like uh, like stars and and i think that rubs rubs people the wrong way so if we're looking at pure talent i think a lot of people uh are probably amplifying the bad parts of his game and undervaluing what he does well, simply because he has the baggage of, uh, you know, of LeVar and, and seeing what Lonzo hasn't been able to do in the league. I, I think it's worth noting when you're talking about uh, trying to skip, you know, what other people are having to do. The, the way that college basketball is set up, and collegiate sports are set up where I'm sorry, 100% taking advantage of players, not paying players. If somebody wants to go through um, and find another way into the NBA in which you don't have people that are making millions of dollars off of you uh, while you aren't getting a damn penny, uh, risking injury and, and all those other things. And as you know, certain people put it, coming out with a, a fake communications degree at the end of it for a lot of these players, like I don't hate on that. Yeah, I mean, I get it, uh, but I think it's just the pure fact that they that, in some eyes, he acted as if he was too good for for even playing along with with the uh, the whole facade that that players have done for years. He was he was too good to even be one and done. Uh, you know, I think that's part of it. Look, you're you're totally right though. If he's not if he's not a Lamelo Ball and he's somebody else. Uh, you know, name-wise, he probably is looked at as uh, a more of a 
consensus top two pick than uh, than some people look at him right now. I guess you know what I I have not started any research, and you know what I really don't have access to the streams of the NBA MBL, and I don't really want it. So I haven't watched him play um, since he was 12 years old and shooting shots from midcourt with his teammates wondering why he's taken 50 of 55 shots for his team. Um, so I, I, I'm totally noncommittal on whether he is a better prospect than people think or a worse prospect than people think. I tend to think he's, he's given too much credit for having the last name of Ball. So uh, to hear the other perspective of getting not enough credit for having the last name of Ball is interesting. So I'll just, uh, I'll just need to um, take the L on this one and know that I don't know enough about LaMelo Ball to know the difference. The, you know, the thing about NBA players and, and players as their draft is uh, everyone's a great prospect, right? But you don't, you don't know their work ethic. You don't really know how they're going to develop. There's a ton of players that, that should have developed better, but never did for a variety of reasons. There's a lot of players that weren't projected to be great and ended up being great. Um, so you don't really know. It's all, it's all crapshoot. And what's their work ethic? What's the system behind them that's developing them? Um, and, you know, where, where are they drafted, honestly? Uh, we talked about it before, but had some of those players that the Suns picked not been drafted to the Suns and been drafted to a different organization that had bet, better player development, where would they be at this point in, in their career? You know, we don't know. All right. What's our next question in the ball sack? All right. The flaming baller sack. Steve, Steve Holla uh, has a, has a question for us. Uh, he says, now that we know how the Suns draft slot has played out, how do the Suns play this off season? Do they try to find a big piece with a trade? Do they try to open cap space and denounce all cap holds to make a big free agent signing? Or do they keep everyone and add the pick and a couple of vets that fit the and fill their holes with the current team? Okay, so for people who really need to know what's going on in this offseason, I have two big pieces of information for you. A, we have no clue what this cap is going to be. It's probably going to be a lot lower than people think, which means almost nobody's going to have money to spend in the offseason. So when you're thinking about spending, almost certainly do it in terms of the Suns will have um, whatever is determined as the mid-level exception, which right now is around $9 million for uh to spend um and the suns will probably not have a lot of cap space although they'll have more than uh most anybody if whatever cap space that is it won't be a lot um so trades should be a one-to-one when you're when you're trying to manufacture off-season changes i'm just saying play that use that take that into consideration my second big point is i want to give a, a shout out to uh um David Kevin or whatever his last name is. I'm not really sure, but from the four point play, he has a newsletter uh, that he puts out that you can subscribe uh, through Substack, and you can find him on Twitter. And his latest newsletter is, uh, it lays out the different things the Suns can do this off season, what their actual cap sheet looks like today. It's too much detail to do in a live uh, broadcast right now to go into, but the Suns, uh, Suns basically have a lot of young players on good contracts, and um, it's it's just um, they, they probably should go into this offseason staying mostly the way they are. They're probably not going to have much money to bring in a high-impact new player as a free agent. Um, what they should be doing is looking for 
veterans, young veterans like uh, they did this past offseason to replace a Frank Kaminsky, a Dario, whoever, whoever leaves, they should bring in guys like them to replace them. And we'll see what happens. And it should always include shooting. Um, so I, um, as far as what should the Suns do this offseason, they should do the most they can to, to have to actually show consistency and um, um, bringing back most of the team that went eight and zero in the bubble. That's what they should do. Look, I, you know, I I don't disagree with with your comments in terms of what it's going to take to understand the cap and all these ramifications. But for me, it's simple. You go hunting with the tenth pick and Kelly Oubre, and you look: is there a package to land? a bigger fish that can help you and accelerate this timeline. I mean, maybe it's something like a Victor Oladipo. Maybe James Jones really has a thing for Aaron Gordon. I don't know how that plays out, but you look at that. Then you look, what can we get on a next level? <clears throat> oh, excuse me. With a, changes. I, I, uh, yeah. I, I, Dave King did. I apologize. <laughs> I couldn't hit mute in fast enough. Uh, so then you look at it and you go, what can we get with the 10th pick? Can we get a Luke Kennard? Can we get a, a Laurie Markkinen with him and some filler to make the salary match? What, oh. what are the kind of guys you can get at, with just that 10th pick and then see if there's a guy that you could, could legitimately make happen? I, I think standing pat just because they went eight and on the bubble uh, doesn't make sense to me because they, they, they were projecting to be – uh, you know, a 32 to 40 win team. Uh, if things hadn't they were gone off the rails and 38 to right? 40, and yeah. uh, that still would have been just barely playoff caliber. Yeah. I get it. And, and how much, also, how much also, ceiling they got so much better with a little bit more time with Monty. They got, they, they had one of the best teams in the bubble because they had a second training camp with Monty. Let's not discount the potential for consistency. I agree. And I'm not saying blow the whole roster up. I'm saying you take those two options and let's be, let's be frank. Kelly had Jack squat to do with going eight. No in Orlando. I'm, I know he carried pom-poms, but other than that, he didn't help him win any of those eight games. So to me, uh, you know, you can explore that option and the 10th pick didn't do anything. So you're keeping that core and you're going, how can we add to this? How can we make this group take that next step? Because that's what you have to do. Realistically, uh, Booker probably doesn't have that much further to grow. I mean, he's he's basically a superstar uh, now. DeAndre yeah. Ayton has room to grow, but we're looking. You you still are going to have to add quality pieces to take that step from fringe playoff contender to actually Western Conference contender. So you look at it. Especially I'm just because saying you're likely not going to have a lottery pick again. Uh, I'm just saying this season's not this off is going to be weird and people should not get their hopes up for the Suns acquiring a third star. Very few pl third stars, second stars, first stars are going to be moved this off season because I of agree. the uncertainty of the cap. That's well, th well that's that... what I'm getting at. No, I agree with you, Greg. I agree with you, Espo, that the Suns do need more stars. Totally agree. I just don't think this offseason is the one they're going to get it. Anybody yeah, is. I, I understand that. And and I understand. And if you do, you're probably getting a guy that's a fringe third star or, you know, uh, but I, I think you have to explore those options because in all likelihood, you're not going to have these kind of assets again. 
Kelly is is in a unique situation because of the contract, right? So somebody can test drive him and don't doesn't screw up their cap long term if they don't like him. The tenth pick, you're likely not gonna if things play out the way we hope, you're not gonna have lottery picks, even tail end of the lottery picks uh, going forward. So this might be your last chance with assets that have value that you're willing to part with. To, to make some kind of move. So that's why you have to explore it this offseason. You're doing yourself a disservice if you don't. Uh, there's a couple of questions in the chat about Christian Wood. Um, he is the exact kind of guy I think the Suns won't be able to get this offseason, even if they wanted to. Because of the cap, the way it's going to be uh, brought down, the Suns are not going to have the spending power to give Christian Wood the money that the Pistons will give him because the Pistons have zero prospects going forward. So I think um, the Pistons will keep Christian Wood for any reasonable offer than any other team could make. Even And the Suns don't even have the capacity to make an unreasonable offer um, because he's an unrestricted free agent. There's no trades or anything like that that would happen. Um, I think it's very unlikely that Christian Wood comes to the Suns because of the way the money works this offseason. But can- uh, so we had we had sorry we had a, a question in the chat um, by Coach Fallen uh, founder who says Azario restricted and I just want to go through and kind of remind everybody uh, Baines yeah. is unrestricted Saric is restricted Kaminsky has a team option Shaq Diallo has a team option and Carter is restricted and Campaign has a team option. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a good point. And it's something I want to segue to. Uh, Actually, where, I'm sorry. I think it's now, I don't think it's a team option. I think it's an actual contract. He has the year under contract. I apologize, Tim, for uh, saying it wrong. He, he is under contract for next year uh, with only like 25,000 guaranteed on it. Um, right. It might be an option, but it's pretty much in the sun's hands to keep him for cheap. So as, as, as we were ending last season before the bubble, it was clear what the Suns really needed was that that backup shooting guard. So when we were talking about what kind of moves the Suns yeah. should be making heading into this offseason, it was clear, again, the uh, backup shooting guard was an issue that they clearly needed to address, right? Um, with the signing of, of uh, Payne, though, it seems like they might have solved that. You know, so going in to look at their needs this offseason, I think that completely changes the dynamic. And and one thing that is worth noting that we know uh, of of James Jones is he's not going to take an 18-year-old. So yeah. he's either going to draft somebody that's that's an older player, uh, or he's going to try and trade him trade that pick uh, for somebody okay. that has experience in the in the NBA right now. But we do know he's not going to take an 18-year-old and try and develop him with this team. He's really not. He's going to, if if uh, people were asking who should the Suns take at the 10th pick in the draft, if the Suns use that pick, and James Jones was fairly positive about using that pick um, at, right after the lottery. We don't know what will change in the next two months. But if Suns use that pick, it's not going to be an 18, 19-year-old. So when you're looking at your draft sheets, look at guys who are more developed, who are, who are older. Um, Obi Toppin is probably going to be gone by that time. Uh, he would be interesting offensively. Uh, disaster defensively and James Jones really um, uh, appreciates the need for defense on a team if you and so does Monty Williams so I'm not sure they'll go the Obi Toppin route I think Devin Vassell if he's around would be a great fit Tyrese Halliburton would be a great fit uh, personally and both of those guys are uh, while they're not old they're also not so young that you you can't rely on them I think they both bring the right kind of game for the Suns to play as rookies um, so those those would be my two 
targets. I'm sure there's going to end up being other targets, but I also don't think you're going to see anyone from overseas being drafted either. For some reason, I don't see James Jones drafting a Denny uh, Vija or whatever, however you say his name, or the dude with the really long last name that's uh, now coming up the boards. I don't, I don't think the Suns will take a chance. Uh, they've been, they've been bendered too much. <laughs> so, oh man, uh, they've, they've gone on a bender. I like that, Dave. Yeah. Thank you, thank you for uh, adding some levity to uh, what sounded like the Peanuts uh, parents talking to me because i just i don't get excited for the draft i never i, I never have that's why you're not I, talking much Craig. well i mean that's true I because i, I, I either, couldn't man. give a crap about prospects because we've seen uh, that potential is the biggest four-letter word in in sports because uh, we've seen what potential can lead to it's hot allegedly hot boxing your infant in a car or wherever it was you know that's what potential can lead to sometimes uh i hmm. just you know i i struggle with because it's tough to project this is all a crap shoot nobody knows i think you guys are right what we will see is james jones isn't taking an 18 year old kid that has a lot of question marks if they keep yeah. the pick they're likely taking a guy that has a lot of college experience that can come in and can do one or two things very well and can supplement what is is already on this roster uh if they don't they're going to be looking for somebody that can have a potential high impact depending on how they package things they want known quantities right now they don't want question marks or potential they want guys that they can slot in and they know what they're going to get out of them and that monty williams can get the most out of them that that is what yeah. the what the plan going into whenever this draft is because now they're saying it may not be the middle of october they may be moving it so Whenever this draft is, whenever this draft process ends, the Suns will wind up with somebody that you is a known quantity, whether it's in trade or it's in a, in the draft. What's really fun, though, is at least we can look forward to possible trades in the draft. James Jones' first and only draft, he made two trades. So I would take that. Uh, that's fun. That makes it fun. We didn't love those trades, but he made two trades. He, he brought in two veterans and uh, first-round picks. With those trades, uh, so I would not oh, be like surprised if we see it again. We like him in hindsight, and maybe you know, maybe James Jones is is happier with we like it in hindsight than we like it on draft day. Ryan it's, Ryan McBee was much happier with like it on draft day. Look, you don't need to win the press conference; you need to win the long term, and that's all that matters. James Jones did that uh, with last year's draft as of uh, as of right now. So props to him. I mean, we sat here. The whole title of our episode was, Who the Hell is Cam Johnson? Well, Cam Which, Johnson told us who the hell he is. By, by the way, you can no longer find on YouTube. Hey, we, we, <laughs> that was not, we, that, we secretly that scrub things that don't need to be heard anymore. But it was, not, it was not aging well. It was, it was I'm not, against that. You guys should not have scrubbed that. That's yeah. all that all that is history. Yeah. We can't be who we are today without having been who we were I, in the past. That's fine. It's it's you know, no. when someone uh, uh searches Cam Johnson on YouTube forever, it doesn't need to be us saying who the hell is Cam Johnson. Da uh, Dave uh, nobody knew who Cam Johnson was. Yeah, Dave, well. uh don't don't make us uh pull up the text messages to uh show everybody how you and I were against that. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have the ability yeah. to pull up text messages on this live stream. Don't oh, make God. me do it, all right? <laughs> Don't make um, me do it. 
that's funny. Hey, do we have uh, we have a few minutes left on the show? A couple more things to talk about, but I didn't have a chance to see those specific questions that you were getting from the Flaming Ballers, Greg, uh, Mr. Espo. Do we have any left that are pertinent? Yeah, I'm gonna pop up the screen real quick and grab my phone that I dropped. Reach that has down them into on. that ball sack and pull something out. What are you doing? Did he leave? <laughs> I don't know where you went. <laughs> I dropped the phone that had all the questions on it, and I didn't want to like uh, look very bizarre and have all right, my head I'm just pop something and then I'm out. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I left you guys. <laughs> Screw you guys. I'm out of here. No, we've got a uh, perplexed damage, and this was probably my favorite question that we pulled out of the sack this week. Uh, what is your favorite Suns jersey that you own that the player never made an all-star game? Mine is West person number 11. I like I like that question, and I know you guys may not be Jersey, jersey guys, so you don't have to answer necessarily with a jersey. You can answer with who is your favorite son to never make uh, make the playoffs but or make an all-star team. But for me, uh, I have an Actually, the, the studio I'm sitting in used to be the obscure jersey closet before we turned it into a home studio. So I've got a uh, in in part of another closet. I have an obscure jersey section, and I think there's a few. Uh, Danny Granger, authentic uh, with the game worn patch that oh, he wow. wore on a bench. Uh, he made an all star team, but not with the Suns. Uh, you know, Are the I've shorts got, worn out in the butt? On yeah, that I've one? got I've got the Troy <laughs> Troy Daniels game authentic, uh, which is which is fun. But wow. I think my favorite is a Hamed Hadadi game worn jersey, and uh, a because awesome. we we when I was working on Sun Social, uh, we got the hashtag who's your Hadati trending uh, during a really bad season, which was fun uh, and stupid. And the fact that that is the highest number Jersey. He wore number 98, uh, which I believe was the country code for, uh, for his home country. Uh, but it's the highest number ever worn by a son in an actual game. So that's, that's why I like that. That's probably, the I still remember my youngest. She was uh, like five or seven or eight at the time. And she went on one of those school trip things to a son's game. And that was when Hamed Haddadi was on the team and they got taken down to the practice court before the game started. And she stood next to him and I wish they had taken a picture, but she's like, he is the tallest person I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, yeah, he's pretty much the tallest person I've ever seen too. It's crazy. And he sounded like Andre the giant in, uh, in princess bride. I mean, we actually asked him to say hello, pretty lady once. And it was spot on. (laughs) It's crazy. Speaking of speaking of looking at uh, sounding like Andre the giant, but being, uh, actually having a much, much better personality. Can we get Boban Marjanovic on the Suns next year, please? Yes, well, we, don't need, we don't need him. We have we oh, have God. Shaq if, Diallo. We do not If Aaron Baines him. leads, I want Boban on the team. You no. realize that that probably means we have to acquire Tobias Harris, right? Because they love to uh, be together. Uh, so. No, we can't afford him. Sorry. So, they're, so they're no Boban. Partners. So, so what for you guys? You guys have an answer to? Uh, yeah, to I the do. Question? I have an answer for my favorite. Now, the question is: say the question again, Greg. The question is: uh, what is the favorite jersey that you own of a player who never made an All Star team? Uh, a person, a person who never made an All Star team. Oh, God, there, <laughs> God. there. I never that made is- an All Star team. This is the only jersey I actually own. This was a gift to me. After the first bright side night, I am not actually a Jersey's guy. So that's as close as I get. 
And and to perplex damage, I I also have a West person in the obscure closet, game worn. So uh, so I feel your your West person love there. What do you? What about you, Tim? Uh, in regards to to basketball jerseys, I'll just say they look good on very few people very few people can pull off a basketball jersey so as much as i really enjoy spending 90 dollars on something that's going to hang in my closet for all of eternity i don't have a ton to speak of uh that being said i will forever be a shannon brown fan and i can't help it loved his game still do uh you know uh, he was he was going places man if if love love is nothing but irrational so uh if nothing if not irrational that's for sure yeah Dave, a uh, comment on the screen just for you, my friend. Hey! Hey, nice. and it looks like we Love actually, by the way, um, you know, we've taken a look at our YouTube analytics, and it's a roughly 99.5% male and 0.5% female. So thank you to the one female listener. This who, is Angelina. Uh, and, uh, we love you, too. Commented as well as... Um, you know, watches yes. the show. Thank you. So uh, before we get out of here, I, I do want to take a quick note and say from a report that I was reading from CNBC, the NBA is considering a permanent play-in game after yes. solid ratings for the Blazers-Grizzlies game. Um, I am so all about this. I thought that the 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 play-in game leading up to the end of, of the season made it more exciting. Uh, I thought it was awesome. And I, I really hope that the NBA does do that because it, it you know, let's, face it at the end of the season there's not really a lot left that you're watching most teams already have their playoff seating um and or are trying to tank away and i thought it really gave a reason not to tank uh and it just added some intrigue to the end of the season i, th- yeah. I thought it was fucking great give, i think give they me, have to give keep the play four, in every year four team play in for seven and eight you get seven no, I think, through ten go at it round robin i wouldn't even necessarily okay so that's a good idea greg sorry about that that's a good idea however i would at least expand the plan to all the teams within striking distance so they did the we'll do a two-team playoff if any of the nine seeds get within four games well how about all the seeds that came within four games of the eighth spot then have them duke it out which would have included the suns and the spurs and the blazers with the Grizzlies. Yeah, I, think I think that would have been fun. I think mm-hmm. that's a good point because in a regular, in a regular year, it wouldn't be based on win percentage because everybody would play the same amount of games. Right. right. So then it would come down to the tiebreakers. I hate that stuff. Like, because things change so much in a season, say, say right. you were bad the first three weeks of a season, right. Because of an injury or whatever. And you play a team twice in that, in that, uh, in that time period, and then it comes back in in March or April, you know, April to bite you in the backside because you had two guys injured to start the season. Like, it makes no sense. Let them play it out, Dave. I like that way. Uh, yeah. Anybody within, within a certain game range, run it all around. Have a format where it works as a round robin or an actual, actual tournament. I like that. It keeps it interesting. It keeps more teams involved. It, it make sure that you're not tanking because you know some years the the difference between last in the west and 10th in the west is not that much you know so it keeps teams motivated to keep playing and playing hard i love the idea uh to to have that included in the long run mm-hmm. 
yep. a bunch of different ways you could do it. I mean, you could do it uh, how you guys talk about. You could just do uh, the eight nine. I think would make it uh, interesting as well. But super excited. One thing going into the bubbles, we thought now the NBA can really try a bunch of things and 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 just see if it works, right? Uh, and I think we kind of complained that they didn't. Uh, but at the end of the day, they might have still stumbled upon something that that could be fun for, for mm-hmm. years to come. So uh, somebody else pointing out in the chat that if they do that, I think it's Rick77 saying it'll screw the Suns. Well, fuck it, man. Like, I don't want the Suns to be the seventh or eighth seed anyway. That's not what we're going for, right? Like, we're looking for the Suns seem to be competitive moving forward. And and let's be yeah. frank, they'll get screwed no matter what the system is. So let's just make it the most entertaining system <laughs> possible. Like that, that uh, they're just it's going to happen. So let's just have fun with it. Yeah, imagine if the Suns were the Grizzlies, and they had the eighth seed finally, and then they got some injuries, and then they played like crap in the bubble. We'd be like, we don't ever want to see a play in again. You know, wow. so well, you know I the Grizzlies it, also they made some trades midseason and were never really as good after that. So. <laughs> No, but there was, still, we'd, there was, have, we'd have been advocating for not screwing us over with a plan. Although the Grizzlies did end up uh, dropping to ninth by that last game anyway. So mm-hmm. poo-poo did, to them. Do you guys want the greatest tweet of the week ever? Yes. yes. All right. You brace yourselves because this tweet is... Tweet of the week! Tweet, 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 tweet. Thank you. Tweet of the week! Here it comes just for you guys. Did you guys see this last night? They had Barkley oh, yeah. and Shaq do the beer challenge, and Barkley. I have never laughed. The beer bounce challenge. I have have not laughed this hard in a long time. <laughs> like just this clip. This was the very end of it. Barkley didn't catch one of these things, and then he basically takes one off the gut. Like this is <laughs> like Chuck. You're a champ in my books just for uh, embarrassing yourself like this on national television. This was easily my favorite. Uh, I could, I literally could watch this all day. I like how Shaq caught at least one. Yeah. And then Shaq's pants fell down on live television. That was fun too. So, so inside the NBA is undefeated in just random, hilarious entertainment. And this was one of my favorite, uh, favorite moments I've seen on it. I mean, this is just, I, I literally, I could sit here and watch this all day and, and laugh my ass off. So thank you inside the NBA. Thank you. Sir Charles, for being willing to uh, to make an ass of yourself. Most, that's what I love about Ch- Shaq and and Chuck is they don't care. Like most most TV people will be like, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. You know, like it's all real stuffy. And Shaq and, and Chuck are like, sure, whatever you want to throw at us, we're going to do it. And and you get these kind of results. So, so we'll let so, you enjoy it one awesome. more time. I have so much respect for Charles putting himself through that. I would embarrass myself too, probably the first time or second, <laughs> third time I tried that. Oh. I mean, uh, that was a big uh, thing on, I don't know if it was TikTok or Twitter or what, but that was a big thing people were doing and everybody was embarrassing themselves. Dave King, social moment. By the way, I understand that for those of you that are listening on the podcast, that was the most boring segment you could have had because it was all visual. But I promise mm-hmm. you, if you go find the video, it's Charles oh, Barkley yeah. dropping a basketball Sorry, with listeners. a beer, and the beer kicks him in the gut, and he's wearing a full suit. It's damn funny. So, <laughs> so enjoy it. Um, on that note, uh, if you are watching on the podcast right now, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Uh, if you want to become a supporter of the and show, the thumbs. Uh, a flaming yep, thumbs. A thumbs up as well. A supporter of the show. We do have the uh, hit the join button with different options to become a flaming baller and some incentives to do so. Uh, we have some other stuff we're talking about as well, like perhaps like a once monthly um, 
happy hour with the flaming ballers, that sort of thing, doing it over, over Skype. Everything's virtual now anyway. Uh, but so for myself, Dave, as well as Greg, thank you guys so much for giving us an hour of your time this week. And we will be back again next week for the sun solar panel and flaming baller shirts with your own logo on it are coming soon. So get ready. Bye everybody.